Amen. It's time to hear from God's word. And I ask that you keep your hearts and minds open as you hear from God's word. I want to speak on the subject called falling in love with Jesus all over again. Falling in love with Jesus all over again. The most important part of our Christianity, the greatest command that Jesus ever gave was to love God. God didn't say go to church regularly. God didn't say tithe regularly. More than anything, the first and the foremost thing that we have to do is we have to fall in love with Jesus every day of your life. But you may look at your life and say, I don't know where it is today. I feel like I've drifted away. I feel like I've made some choices that have taken me away from the Lord. If you, have, if you feel like your spiritual life has become dry, God has a word for you. That word is this, come back to your first love. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. Revelation 2 4. If you're there, I would like to read this verse for you. Uh, this is a quite a familiar passage. I'm sure you might have heard a lot of uh, preaching on this one. Revelation 2 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Can we all read this verse together? Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You know, this, this verse speaks it all. <laughs> all that we want to know for the sermon is done and finished here. This is a verse that clearly tells what God requires of our life. You know, Jesus looks at this church at Ephesus. If you look at the book of Revelation, it starts off with this message to the seven churches. And to all these churches, Jesus gives a message to them. And one of the first message goes to this church at Ephesus. And the message was this, that you have left the love that you had for me at first. The church, when they met the Lord, when they came to know who Jesus was, they were excited. They had this passion for God. But years later, what happened was their love for God started to turn cold. Jesus looks at this church and says, listen, you have lost the love that you had at first. At first. If you look at what God said to this church, if you look at the previous verses, specifically starting from verse 2 and onwards, God says to this church, I love that you're patient. He says some good things also about this church. What does he say? I love that you're patiently enduring. I love the fact that you guys test people who claim to be teachers. Because back in the day, there were so many people who were trying to infiltrate the church by bringing in wrong doctrines. So this church was theologically very sound. You want to talk about a church that is rooted in the word? This was the church. You want to talk about a church that knows how to endure suffering? This was the church. Last, last week I shared with you on running the race with endurance. This church was running it with endurance. And then Jesus goes on to say, I love the fact that you guys work hard. They, they were hardworking people. They were doing the work of preaching the gospel, serving the Lord. They were doing it all. God appreciates them for all these things, comes down and then he says, but there is one thing I have against you. I was just pondering over this word against. God had something against this church. Why did God have something against this church? There was one reason, that is they had left the love that they had for them, for God at first. In other words, they started out with this great passion for God, great love for God, but years down the line, their love for God became cold. 
the love for God became very cold. You know, I was, as I was preparing this sermon, I, I realized that if we, if one of us, or if we went as a group and visited the church back in time, in the first century AD, we would have given a certificate of excellence to this church. Because it was the ideal church. It is a church that was doing everything that it's supposed to do. But what God sees is that he sees beyond their works. He sees beyond their endurance. He sees beyond their theology. He sees beyond their hard work. He sees that something has changed. The fundamental thing has changed. What has changed was their love for Christ. Was their love for Christ. It's often so easy to get stuck in this trap where we can do everything for God but have no love for him. Where we are fulfilling God's will but have no love for God. You know, when you begin to reflect on this passage, we will find ourselves somewhere in this church at Ephesus. We will find ourselves in a place where we are regular to church, we are giving to the Lord, we preach the gospel, we pray for the sick, we provide for those in need. Beyond all that, there is something that can be lacking in our lives. Our love for God might have changed. Jesus looks at this church and he says, I like everything that you do, but there is one thing that I'm against, that is you don't love me the way you loved me at first. I was, I was wondering, what if Jesus came to this church on a Sunday evening? He stepped on the stage and I says, guys, great music, awesome worship team, I love the harmonies, it's great. But there's one thing I want you to know. You have lost your first love. What will be our reaction? You know, when Jesus appreciates us, we'll be like, yes, Jesus, you know, we do some good music around here, we are doing some great stuff. But God goes on to say, you have lost your first love. Fundamentally, something is missing in our life. The church at Ephesus, when they were formed first, they had this enthusiasm for God, excitement for God. Like when the Sunday came around, they would be prepared to go to church, spend time with the Lord, have a long day of fellowship. Years later, they did the same thing. They were going to church, they were doing the same thing. But what had changed was their excitement and enthusiasm for God was not there anymore. It was not there anymore. You see, we have to question ourselves sometimes. Why do I go to church? Do I go to church because I'm used to going to church? Or do I go to church because I love Jesus? We have to ask ourselves this question, very important. When we serve somebody, we have to question ourselves, do I serve him because I love Jesus? Or do I serve him so that I can have a good name? So that they will talk good about me to everyone else. Do I play the instruments because I love Jesus? Or do I play it because I enjoy playing? If the fundamental thing, if the love for God is not there in our hearts, do you know what happens? God will not be pleased with anything that we do. If the love for God is not there in our hearts, if it's not the foundation of our action, God is not going to be pleased with no matter what we do. 
we can do the best for him we can we can offer the best for him we can we can accomplish great, great things for him but when jesus comes knocking at the door of your heart he checks do you love me the same way you loved me at first jesus comes to this church at ephesus comes knocking at their door and he finds them lacking in love for him i wonder how our lives are today I wonder if we are pursuing hard after God are we falling in love with Jesus every single day do we wake up in the morning to spend time with him our generation is very different we wake up because we have to wake up there is no other way but you know if you had this true love for Jesus do you know what will happen you will set the alarm make sure you wake up at early in the morning waiting to spend time alone with your savior with no disturbance nothing many times what we do is we we read the bible during the break time when everybody is disturbing us we read the bible when we are busy god comes knocking at the door of our heart checking do you love me the way you loved me at first think of the days of your salvation when you when you got saved remember how exciting it was do you remember how glorious that day was for the next 3 months you were on fire for god after that 3 months you don't know what happened everything changed and now we look back we feel like god i don't know where i am today coming to church has become a habit growing up in a pastor's house growing up in a pastor's house i was very used to going to a church going to church was a as it became a lifestyle for me it became a habit even when i was not saved i i would want to go to church why because i'm used to going and if i didn't go to church i would feel really bad and honestly it didn't matter what i did in church but i have to go to church what i would do in those days was go to church during the worship critic all the musicians look at this guy or what is this guy doing and sermon first 10 minutes introduction listen and then uh, doze off to a holy and a glorious sleep see it didn't matter what i did in church but i have to go to church these kind of practices is just a habit but you know if we truly love jesus we'll be waiting okay when is sunday going to come when is the church going to start when can i worship my god when can i hear the word from him when can i you know what can i do for him we will always keep thinking of god if god's love drives our heart if god's love is not there everything that we do in our christian life is just out of a habit god tells this church at ephesus listen guys the love that you had for me has changed many things in our life has become a habit and so our worship isn't driven by our love for jesus rather is driven by the songs we like the songs so we sing we like the songs that's that sung so we go along with it many times our prayer is not driven by our love for jesus but is driven by the need we have someone came and told me you know my sister is going to pray now she'll be very holy spiritual right now do you know why because she has just finished her exams and she wants god to give her good marks anybody been there god bless you you don't have to raise your hands <laughs> sometimes a prayer is driven out of need our spiritual life goes when crisis comes it just a spiritual life starts to grow rapidly we start to uh, be on fire for god when we are in need we think we are making great progress but you know what jesus says you have lost your first love i wonder what if what if god comes to this comes to each one of us and say something like this what will our reaction be 
what will our reaction be how will we react because you know when i look at this message it's not only written to a church at a particular period in time but it's something for all of us today to check how our love is for god if our life if our worship if our bible reading if our prayer is not driven by love for jesus everything that we do will be in vain many times we read the bible because it's a habit to us and we read it it doesn't make sense nothing speaks to us and we think okay maybe tomorrow i will read even more harder and probably god will speak to me and that's become our life we just go with the flow just go with the flow but if our bible reading is driven by scriptures you know every word will come alive to you every word will enrich you it will speak to you and will transform your life if our service is driven by love for jesus do you know what will happen people will come to know jesus many times our service towards people is driven by getting a good name for ourselves that is why we cannot win souls for jesus every time we we do something for someone we have to check am i doing this because i love jesus or am i doing this because i want people to talk good about me if our love for jesus is not the fundamental driving force of our life everything that we do will be in vain you know i believe as i preach this word to you i strongly believe this is a sunday to reflect on our love for jesus are you with me this is a sunday to reflect how how much do i love him how much do i love him do i spend time with him do i take a day off to pray how many of us take a day off to pray how many of us take a day off to go to vacation there should come a stage in our life where we say lord i'm going to take a day off just to spend time with you i'm too busy right now I've, my life has gotten busy but doesn't matter i'm going to cancel everything sit in your presence a prayer life has to grow to that level that shows that our love for jesus is alive i strongly believe again i want to take this sunday this evening as a moment where we reflect our love for jesus set right certain things in us set right things in us and say lord rekindle that love for you once again help me fall in love with you all over again because i know that is what you look for in my heart the strangest thing that uh, about this church at ephesus was that they thought they were doing well until jesus showed up and gave them this message in other words they themselves didn't know that they had drifted away from the love they had for god it's a strange thing that can often happen in our lives we'll feel like everything is going great until we hit the rock bottom until we realize that okay <laughs> i'm just living in a delusion church thought they were doing well until jesus showed up and said listen you have lost the love that you had at first now before i talk about how to fall in love with jesus i'm going to talk about six signs to identify if you have lost your first love amen are you with me six signs i want you to write these six signs down and and look at it time to time and evaluate yourself based on that there's a lot more i can share but this will be good enough to help us evaluate ourselves time to time to check to see if we are if we are in love with jesus so six signs that can help us identify if we have lost our first love first one is this connected to man more than god connected to man more than god now you may wonder what point is this i'm going to explain this to you 
There was an issue at the church of Corinth. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2, you will see that there was an issue with the church at Corinth. The issue was people were siding with the apostles. One said, oh, I belong to Peter. Another one said, I belong to Apollos. Another one said, I belong to Paul. Now, this may not seem that harmless. It's like, okay, we belong to the party of Peter. We belong to the party of Apollos. It may not seem like a wrong thing. But you know what happens? They started giving more importance to man than to God. Now, in this situation, one of the main things that often happen is that they will be satisfied during a sermon only if that person whom they like preaches. Do you get it? Have you heard people say, if, if my pastor preaches, my Sunday is set. If anybody else preaches, they will just close the Bible and just think of something else. They will preach their own sermon, their own sermon to themselves. Many times you see the biggest pitfall of the Christians is they shut off their mind when somebody that they don't, they don't like preaches. The word of God is preached to everybody else. It doesn't matter who speaks. We are all the mouthpiece of God. But any time in our life, if we come to a level where we say, if this man preaches, I feel better. If this man preaches, I feel good. What we are doing is we are giving more importance to man more than God. Now this is where a lot of false gospel and false doctrine comes in. Because the moment you start giving more importance to a man, whatever he says will be right according to you. He may have said the wrong thing, biblically wrong, but it'll be right because you like him. If we ever reach that moment in our life, that's a sign that our love for Jesus has changed. Why do I say that? Simply because what we're doing is we're respecting the man more than the word he speaks. See, the word is powerful. The word is what changes you. I don't change you every Sunday. I'm just a mouthpiece. What do I do? I preach the word. The word is what that needs to be revered, respected. But when we start respecting a man more, his thoughts become very important to us than the scriptures. The moment we start getting connected more to a man, that's a sign that we have drifted away from this first love. This was the problem of the church at Corinth. People started siding with one of the other apostles. Paul said, no, don't do that. Who are we? We are just co-workers in the Lord's kingdom. I plant Apollo's waters. Peter does the work. But who makes the plant grow? It's God. Who needs to be given the respect? Who needs to be connected more? God. The moment we are more connected to a man, that is a sign. That is a sign that we have lost our first love. The second thing is this. The second sign to help us identify if we have lost our first love. The second sign is that there are some people in church you have become uncomfortable talking to and you've come to a point where you are not, not even bothered to fix that relationship. There are some people in church, the moment uh, you, they pass by you, you start praying in tongues because you want to control your anger. It's like, I, I don't want to burst out and say anything on a, on a beautiful Sunday morning. I, the moment we reach that point where we are uncomfortable around certain people in the body of Christ, it's a sign that we have lost our first love. Because if you look at this, Revelation chapter 2 verse 4 carefully, if you read it, the interpretation of that is this. You have left the love that you had for me 
and for God's people. Because if you truly love God, you will also truly love people. If you truly love God, you will truly bear with people when they do something against you. If you truly love God, you will also forgive and fix relationship. But if you have come to a point where you are very uncomfortable around certain people, it's a sign that we are drifting away from our first love. The third point is this. We start to give convenient excuses to read the Bible or pray. We might have, we might have time, but we'll say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do it because right now I'm very sleepy. I cannot focus on the word of God. But tomorrow, there is going to be a day called tomorrow that will come in my life where I will do it. For many of us, the tomorrow never comes. Never comes. The moment we start giving convenient excuses to read the Bible or pray, that's a sign to help us identify that we have lost the first love. Fourth one is this. This is for all of us who, who are on stage, including me. Being on stage has become more important than what you accomplish by being on stage. Being on stage has become more important than what you accomplish by being on stage. Fifth one is that if you find it easier to hate people, if you find it easier to break away from relationships, that's a sign that we have departed from our first love. Sixth one, you live an unsatisfied life. If you are living a very unsatisfied life, then that shows that you have drifted away from your love for Christ. These are six points that help us evaluate our love for God. And I, and I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but God wants you to come back to your first love. Think of the first time you received salvation. Think of the first time you met God. Think of the passion that you had for Him. Think of the love that you had for Him. Sometimes you are not able to sleep because you wanted to spend more time with God. Sometimes you are not able to sleep for too long in the morning because you wanted to wake up. So you set like two, three alarms, making sure you wake up at the time and spend time with Him. But now the time has come. You switch off everything and sleep as much as you want. And it doesn't matter even if you don't pray. We keep giving convenient excuses. Tomorrow, I'll fix it. Day after tomorrow. From next Monday, I'm going to pray regularly. I tell you that Monday has never come in our lives till today. God tells us this. Get back to your first love. Get back to your first love. So when Jesus talks to this church, he gives them a solution. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Revelation 2, 5. Can somebody read that verse for me? Revelation chapter 2 verse 5. Yes. Yes. Verse 5 of Revelation chapter 2, God tells them and gives them a solution. He's saying, consider how far you have fallen. And then he says, repent and do the things you did at first. God's solution is very simple. God is not telling them, listen, 
you've fallen away now bring some money into my house do this do this do that everything will be all right no no god says go back to the basics go back to the basics go back to the time you met me first i want you to be the same forever god says to them do the things you did at first do what you did at first i mean we're going to meditate on this to find how we can fall in love with jesus once again we're going to meditate on this one phrase do the things you did at first the first one is this obedience one of the first characteristic of our christian life when we meet the lord when we receive salvation is that we will obey the lord in everything if god says son don't do this we won't do it why because we are now on fire for god we are passionate about god so obedience is always one of those first characteristics that we have so we are always keen to do whatever the lord commands us to do in our early days we desired to follow everything the gods that god says but but as days go on what happens is obedience starts to take a back seat in our life we start to forget why it is important to obey and eventually we stop obeying we start giving excuses for not obeying last week i was i was reading a scripture that reminded something about the greatness of obedience because obedience is something that's always part of our life at first i remember the the first time when i met the lord i would i would if if somebody asked me something if they wanted want, wanted me to do something i will immediately refer to scripture what does the bible say about this have you ever been there what does the word of god say what does god say about this nowadays we have become what does my friend say what will my friend think if i do this obedience is one of those first characteristics that we have and god reminds them go back and be obedient to me once again if you look at obedience obedience is not a, a difficult task it is something that actually helps us turn with me to psalm 81 verse 8 and 9 psalm 81 verse 8 and 9 god says to his people saying here oh my people and i will admonish you oh israel if you will listen to me there shall be no foreign god among you nor shall you worship any foreign god what is god saying to the people of israel if you will listen to me there shall be no foreign god among you you know whenever i is to read the history of israel whenever i read about them going astray doing things against the lord following another gods you know doing idol worship i used to wonder what is wrong with these people if god had split the red sea before my eyes that's it then i i will live for god forever if if god had done something spectacular like sending nonwids straight from heaven like imagine they said lord we want nonwids nonwids straight from heaven they you know they didn't have to buy sandals during the 40 years of their journey they didn't have to visit bata or anything no their their clothes grew with them their sandals grew with them like water came out of the rock have you ever seen this water all of a sudden coming out of the rock just moses goes strikes the rock water comes out god did wonders in front of them he his his glorious presence came down in their view on mount sinai it's like spectacular things happened just amazing thing but then you see these people made a calf for themselves started beating the drums enjoying like how is it possible you you see the glory of god and then you do this have you ever wondered you know, what is wrong with these people why 
like did god give them uh give any lack for them he he led them so beautifully like before their eyes imagine there was darkness in the land of egypt but in the land of goshen the bible says where the israelite was there there was light they saw the plagues come it didn't affect them the first born of egypt were dead it didn't affect them such signs and wonders and miracles that happened but still they went away and as i read this verse i got a clue as to why they drifted away from the lord it says like this if you will listen to me there shall be no foreign god among you now read this verse carefully why did they have foreign god among them because they did not listen to the lord now whenever god says obey me listen to me it is because obedience is like a god that keeps the unnecessary things out of your life if you ever wonder you know why obedience why obey my parents it is important to obey you know why because obedience keeps us from falling into trouble obedience keeps the unnecessary out of our life god tells israel if you will listen to me there shall be what no foreign god among you nor shall you worship any foreign god now read this this way just put it in the opposite way if you will not listen to me there shall be foreign god among you and you will worship every foreign god possible obedience is what god expected from these people the moment we stop obeying the unnecessary enters into our life in other words obedience acts as a wall of protection to keep the unnecessary from entering into our life so when israel failed to obey what happened idol worship stepped in they started sacrificing their children to the gods of the canaanites like imagine they, they did the most atrocious thing ever there's a god called the god of molech um, what they would do is in their temple they, they would heat up the statue so much that it'll be at very high a temperature very very hot they would take their children so this god will be holding stretching out his hand they would have made it that way and they will go and take that child keep it on the statue that is at a burning heat and you know the history says it this way the children would just open their mouth and instantly die so if if you look at the children their, their mouths would be wide open and dead israel did that what was so lucrative about idol worship something that god did not want but why did they fall into it lack of obedience lack of obedience it's the same thing in our lives today we may think oh i don't have any idols in my life sometimes our biggest idol is our money beginning of the month we are happy the balance is good in our bank by the end of the month we are losing it why because <laughs> the balance is going down the material things around us have become an idol to us the very things that we are running after has become an idol to us people have become an idol to us if you are in a relationship where god says don't do it and you're still doing it understand it this way that person has become an idol to you that you are following now you're not obeying the lord anymore you're just following a person who is actually an idol to you idol is not just the god that people make for themselves but it is people whom you choose and give high importance high importance god says do the things you did at first so the key 
to falling in love with Jesus all over once again is this obey him god tells israel if you will obey me if you will listen to me there shall be no foreign god among you the greatness of obedience is when you obey there will be no room for anything unnecessary to enter into your life do you know why we struggle with laziness do you know why we are so lazy sometimes do you know why we have such a confused mind do you know why some of us cannot even focus for 10 minutes on one thing do you know why coming to church becomes a struggle there's a lack of obedience god says do the things you did at first in other words if you want to fall in love with me all over again simply obey me god reminds his children in the old testament that obedience is better than sacrifice god is not impressed with all the animals they can bring everybody can give an animal but god says more than the sacrifice i want you to obey me that is when 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 david sinned against the lord in the matter of uriah and bathsheba he prays like this saying lord i know you do not desire sacrifices if you had desired i would have brought it what you desire is a broken heart is a heart that will never fall into it again is a heart that will obey you what god requires from your life and my life is simple obedience do what the lord tells you to do i tell you everything god that god gives you is the best one for you he's never going to give you anything mediocre you may pray for somebody you know you will fast and pray lord i want this person this is the person who just swept me off my feet you will be praying and you know knocking heavens to god will say no son no daughter this is not for you but if we st- still run behind it we have to pay a price we still have to pay a price obedience is for our good for our protection and if we desire to fall in love with jesus all over again we have to start obeying him see what the word says live according to it do what the word says and i tell you everything will fall into place amen amen are you with me the second thing is this second thing is this if you want to fall in love with jesus all over again you have to make god your highest priority turn with me to psalm 63 verse 1 psalm 63 verse 1 what does the psalmist say oh god you are my god early will i seek you what does he say not at 10 o'clock early for a jew his his day will start even before the sun rises he says early will i seek you my soul thirsts for you my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water in other words what is the psalmist's priority what is the psalmist's priority <laughs> he is not <clears throat> desiring to check who has posted on instagram he is not waiting to read the next story he is not waiting for the next youtube upload he is not waiting for all these what is he saying lord early will i seek you my soul thirsts for you my flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water if you want to talk about being thirsty for water talk to a man who has been in a crisis where there is no water talk to people who have who have been through a desert where there was no water for them to drink they will tell you the value of water samus compares that with his thirst for god he says just like a man in a, in a dry land is earning for water my soul longs for you in other words 
God was his first priority. If you go to the psalmist and say, listen, bro, I want you to come. There's a good program happening on, on Sunday morning. I want you to come. He'll be like, no, I'm not coming anywhere without attending church. He'll be like, oh, this is once in a lifetime. You'll never see an event like this. He's like, no, God is my first priority. You see, a, a Christian life has to grow to a level where we say, I will not step outside of the, out of the house until I read the word. A Christian life has to grow to a point where we say, I will not step outside and have a conversation with anybody until I pray. It's not legalism, it's not any kind of legalist, but it's this commitment, it's a priority that we need to have for God. Because when you have this priority for God, look at what Psalmist says in Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. And then the next sentence is very important. He says, I lack nothing good. Everything I need I have. You know why? Because his priority is God first. Do you know why we suffer with so much of lack in our life? Do you know why we live an unsatisfied life? Because God is not our priority. People are our priority. How much we can make is our priority. How much we can achieve is our priority. God has stopped being our priority. Look at what the psalmist says. He says, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. We have to make this the prayer of our life and say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need you more than ever. The more we say this, I tell you, when we make God our priority, our first priority, our greatest priority, then it will be easier to fall in love with him all over again. Easier to fall in love with him all over again. You look at the life of David, God gives him a certificate, a man after my own heart. And God also goes on to say this, he will do the very things I want him to do. Isn't that amazing? It's like, God, I want you to say that about me. I want you to say that Joshua is a man who will do the very things you want me to do. I want God to give all of us a certificate like that. A man, a woman after God's heart. David was able to be that way simply because God was his greatest priority. Think of him, he was a king living in a palace. Everything that he wanted was at his disposal, everything. Whatever he wanted was there. But did he run off the treasures of the world? He says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He's like, God, it's, it's better to be in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Like, how amazing. Like when psalmist somebody came to David and said, bro, let's go to church. He'll be like, yes, I'm coming right now. It didn't matter what he had to do. God was his priority. If you want to fall in love with Jesus once again, make him your priority. Make him your priority. Make him the greatest priority. Like, don't do anything else other than, don't do anything else before talking to him. Spend time with him. Read his word. Meditate on him. And then go out. I tell you, you will have the most successful day. You will have the most successful day. Psalm 16 verse 8 says like this, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. When God becomes our priority, what happens to us? He is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Is it simple to put into practice? Obedience and make God your highest priority. If you look at this church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 verse 5, God tells them, do the things you did at first and then he goes on to give them a warning. If you do not repent, what does God say? 
I will come to you quickly. Remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Do you know what happened to this church historically? The church ceased to exist. God told this church very clearly, listen, I want you to fix this. I like everything you do, but there's, there's one fundamental thing. If you do not repent, I'm going to remove your lampstand from its place. And that did happen. Many times we, we talk too much about the love of God that we fail to understand there's another side also to him. That he's a righteous judge. He will do what he said he will do. To this church he said, listen, I want you to fix this. A very clear warning. But they didn't repent. Eventually this church ceased to exist. You look at Ephesus. If you study the history of the first century AD, they're one of the biggest, um, like, like a very special place. It was called as the gateway of Asia. But it came to a point today, it's not a place that is known like the way it was known in the first century AD. Everything had changed about them. The church at that time ceased to exist simply because they didn't fix themselves. I'm not here to frighten you. I'm not here to say, God is going to do something to you right now that you have to. I'm not trying to scare you, but I want to preach the truth as it is. I want to preach the truth as it is. What God expects from your life and my life is not the talents we have. What God expects from your life and my life is not what we can do for him. If God wants to preach the gospel, he can make Satan turn around and preach the gospel. He is able to do everything. But what God expects first and foremost is fall in love with me. Remain in my love. That is what Jesus tells his disciples. John chapter 15 verse 14. Can we see that verse? John 15 14. What does Jesus say? You are my friends because I've chosen you. No. If you are my friends, why? Because if you do whatever I command you to do. God wants to be us to be in a closer relationship with him. It all begins with following what he wants us to do. And second thing, making him as the highest priority of your life.